0: Today we continue with lesson 12 in our study of Mishnayos Maseches NeDorim and we have reached into the fourth perik perik dalet and we will begin with Mishnah base today's lesson will be perik dalet the fourth perik Mishnah base and gimel Mishnayos 2 and 3 we've been studying details of the nature, and the limits, and the extent of the prohibition that applies to a person who is a mudor hanav mechavero, which, just to review, can happen in one of two basic ways. Either I, Ruven can make a neder that I'm not going to derive any benefit from you, Shimon. Or you, Shimon, can say, I hereby place upon... Myself upon you, a prohibition against deriving hanor from any of my from me, from me Shimon. Bottom line, one way or the other, Ruven either by his own neder or by Shimon's neder, cannot derive hanor benefit from Shimon. Nevertheless, as we'll see now in the Mishnah, there are various things that Shimon can do for Ruve. And as we will see, not inconsequential things, things that are quite significant. Shokele Shiklo. Remember, I, Uvein cannot get Hanor from Yushimo. And I, Uvein am obligated every year to give a machatzis ha-shekel, a half of a shekel, to the Trumas Halishko, to a central, uh, central campaign, where that money will be used for the korbanos tzibur, for the communal sacrifices which are offered in the Beis HaMikdash. and that's my obligation to pay a hair for shekel of, every year. Suppose you Shimon want to pay that shekel for me, you can do so, even though you might think after all <laughs> I'm that now I Ruven I'm now saving myself a hair for shekel. Is that not a hanor? we'll see in a moment. no. Uforea Eshovo. And similarly, if I, Ruve owe to someone else, Don, a thousand dollars, you, Shimon, from whom I'm not allowed to get any benefit, may pay Don the thousand dollars that I owe him. I owe Don. Why is this allowed? The Gemara explains that if you pay my debt, you're not giving me anything. If you pay my machzitz hashekel, you're not giving me a machzitz hashekel you're taking a machas shekel and giving it to the gizbor to the treasurer of the truma salishka if you pay my debt to Don you're giving Don a thousand dollars not me what you're doing is what's called in the gemara, mavri there's a lion after me so to speak the lion is the gizbor who's after me for a half a shekel the lion is Don who's after me for a thousand dollars you're chasing away the lion you're paying them off. You're paying them you're getting them off my back. But you're not directly benefiting me. And you, Shimon, if you find my Ruven's, lost object, I lost my wallet and you find it, you're allowed to return it to me. You're not giving me anything I didn't have before. The wallet's mine. What you're doing is a mitzvah. So you're certainly allowed to do a mitzvah. And I'm not getting any Additional direct benefit. Suppose we live in a place where if people return lost objects, as a reward. The custom is, if you find my wallet, I pay you a reward, $10 or whatever. So now, uh, if I don't pay you the reward, I'm saving $10, right? So in a sense, you are, I am, I am getting benefit from you because normally I would have to pay you $10. In this situation, I'm not paying you. All right. So Shimon, you found my Avedo and uh, you're not going to take money. So I'm getting a Hanoah. Ruven's getting a Hanoah. So what Ruven, what I have to do is Tipol Hanoah Lehektish. The money that I'm saving i not having to pay you for returning my wallet. That money I must donate to Hegdish. So you're doing me a wonderful favor. You're returning the wallet. And you don't want to take money for it. And therefore I'm saving $10. I can't save $10. Because if I save $10, I'm getting benefit from you. So I have to send a check to Hegdish for $10. Mishnah Gimel continues. There are many other things that you, Shimon, can do for me, Ruven, even when I, Ruuvein am a mudor Hanoah, I'm not allowed to get Hanoah from you, Shimon. V'toreim you Shimon are permitted to give truma for me. Vitorem es so um asruf. You're permitted to give truma for me. You're permitted to give ma'isa for me. Lidato with my permission. In general, you cannot give truma. For, one person cannot give truma for another person unless the owner of the field gives him permission. So if I willingly say. I'm, I have a field. I owe the Kohen Truma. I owe the Levi or the Oni Maesros. So, I can say, whoever gives for me, please do so. I would appreciate somebody giving it to me. I don't say, hey, Shimon, do it for me. I can't do that, because Shimon is, I'm a e Shimon. I can't get benefit from Shimon. But if I say, oh, would I like it if someone would give the Truma for me, and you, Shimon, do so, fine. That's, that's appropriate. That's fine. Because basically, you're not giving me anything. Now, the das, the permission which is required by Ruven here, is only true if Shimon is giving the Truma from my field. Ruven's going into my Ruven's fields, and he's taking Truma and giving it to the coin. This he can do. But suppose Shimon says, "I'm going to give Truma from my field, my Shimon's field, for you, Reuven." Then Reuven is getting direct benefit. Then that's permissible, and he doesn't have to. I don't need. He, I, he, he doesn't need my permission. He can do me that favor, and I'm not getting any direct. Benefit because all he's doing is getting the Kohen, so to speak, off my back. He's chasing the lion away from me. The lion, in this case, is the Kohen to whom I would have to give Truma, or the Levi to whom I have to give Maasarishan, or the Oni to whom I have to give Maasani. Now suppose Zairu cannot get benefit from you, Shimon, And you, Shimon, are a Kohen, and you're actively involved in the Avod on the base Amigdash, You're bringing Karbonos. So, and I, or my wife, suppose we owe carbonos of various types. You're allowed to give carbonos from me. You, the Kohen, or I shouldn't say give. You, the Kohen, are allowed to perform the avoda for my carbonos. And we'll see why in a moment. But as Mishnah says, with makrivalov, shimon the Kohen, can be makriv, can offer as a carbon, kinezovin, the birds, Kine literally means the nest, the birds, which a Zov is obligated to give on the eighth day. A Zov must count seven clean days. And then on the eighth day he must bring a korban. And similarly a zovo must bring these two birds. On the eighth day of her, subsequent to her, seven clean days. Kine zovos, Kine yoldos, a woman who gave birth to a boy or to a girl after a certain amount of days are up, has to bring a korban suppose I owe a sin offering, or a guilt offering, or any korban, you, the kohen are allowed to be makriv that for me. The reason is because a kohen does not act as the shliach for the person who is donating the korban. If I donate a korban to the Beis HaMikdash, and the kohen offers it upon the Mizbeach, He's not doing me any favor. He's not my agent. Rather, He is God's messenger. He's doing God's work. He's not doing anything for me. So therefore, he's not my shliach and he can be the Kohen on my behalf. Similarly, suppose you Shimon or a Talmud Chocham and you want to teach me Torah peh, the oral law, you're allowed to do so. Because if you teach me Torah, I don't owe you any money. In the time of the Gemara, a person who taught Torah, Torah Pet, did not take any fee for teaching. So, therefore, you can teach me Torah. I'm not saving any money because I wouldn't owe you money for it anyway. So therefore, Umalamdo Midrash, the Shimon, is permitted to teach Ruve, Medrash, Halochos rules of law, argados, the Agadic parts of the Torah. He cannot teach me scripture. He cannot teach me Torah. The reason is because the custom then was that if you taught me micro, I did pay you. Not so much for the content of what you taught me, but for what's called Pisuk Tamim. When you taught, teach me Torah, you teach me what we call today the trop the musical uh, inflections that go along with the learning. And for that, you're permitted to take money if you're a teacher. So I'm saving that money. Therefore, you cannot teach me Mikro, Torah but you can teach me Medrash, Halochas, V'agodas. Vizon es ishto v'yes bono. Suppose I, Ruve have a wife and children, and I'm not allowed to get from you, Shimon, So, nevertheless, you're allowed to feed my wife and my children, to support them. Even though I'm obligated to support my wife, and I'm obligated to feed my children. However, if you do that for me, basically what you're doing, again, is you're getting the lion off my back. I said, well, you're getting my wife and kids off my back, because they normally would have a claim to me for mezonos, for food, for support. And you're doing it for me. I'm not getting anything directly from you, although you're saving me a lot of money. But I'm not getting anything directly from you. You're simply chasing away my, um, the people I owe money to. However, you cannot feed my animal. If you feed my animal, you're giving me direct benefit. You can't feed my behemoth to me. You can't feed my donkey or my camel or my horse. And you also can feed my animal, the tohoto, my cow, my goat, my sheep. So says the Tanakama. And the, uh, here we understand it obviously because the pitum, the fact that you're fattening my cow, my camel, gives me direct benefit. I now have a fatter, stronger camel. I now have a fatter, or stronger cow. However, Rabbi Eliezer disagrees and makes a distinction. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Zon es ha-timeya, et from whom I'm not getting any benefit, are allowed to feed my behema to my camel, my horse. But you're not permitted to feed my cow, my goat. Omrlo, the ham say to Rabbiaza, what's this all about? What's the difference between fattening my camel or fattening my cow? Ma being to Maya La Tohero. Omarlohe, so Blazers said, Shahato, Navshalo Shamayim, Fufa Shalom. My cow, if I slaughter my cow, so the, the soul, so to speak, of the cow, the life of the cow is gone. But I can derive benefit from its body, because now I sheltered this cow and you fed it, so now the cow is heavier and I have more meat to eat. So I have benefit from what you did. But Hatimeya, about my camel, my my uh, my horse. Once it's dead, it's dead, spiritually, so to speak, dead. But my body, its body, is also of no use to me. Because I have no hanor from its fat body. A fatter, dead carcass of a, ca- of a camel is wor- as worthless as a skinnier carcass of a camel. So the Chacham said, no, that's not true at all. Ha'fatmei on nafshalashamayim v'gufashaloh. The carcass, the body, the physical body of the Bahemotoia, the camel or the horse, is also worth something to me because if I have a fatter camel, I can sell it to a guy for a higher price, or if I have a fatter carcass of a camel, that's more camel that I can dead camel that I can feed to my dogs. Harrehumogoya. <inaudible> I can sell it to a Gentile, I can it, feed it to the dogs. So even the dead carcass of a camel that you, Shimon, fattened is worth more to me than had you not fed it because I can sell it to Goyim or I can feed it to the dogs. The main thing is that the Chachamim stick by their guns and disagree with Rabbi Eliezer and says that although you may support my wife and my children, but you cannot feed my animals, whether they're a camel, or whether a cow or a goat. So we have finished um, our 12th uh, lesson in Mishnayas Maseches Ndorim.